Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown and beyond. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. First of all, I think this decision is simply a plain reading of the U.S. Constitution. It's a plain reading of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. And the Supreme Court simply has to take this case, and I'm sure Judge Littig would agree. It meets all the criteria for when the Supreme Court takes a case. You've got conflicting decisions of the highest courts of several different states on an issue of the interpretation of the U.S. Constitution. There's a matter of national importance, and there's a lot of urgency to this. So the Supreme Court has to take this. You think it's a plain reading, former Secretary of Homeland Security, Jay Johnson, of the 14th Amendment, to say Trump can't be on the ballot in Colorado because a couple of judges had some feelings? That's a plain reading to you. If you want to understand, everybody, exactly what levels of danger we're in as a society, it's Jay Johnson on CNN saying it's a plain reading of the 14th Amendment. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Holy hell. Good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY. I want to hear from you. I want people out there who want to defend this decision in Colorado. I want them to make their case. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. A 4-3 decision from the Colorado Supreme Court saying that Donald Trump cannot appear on the ballot because Donald Trump engaged in insurrection against the country. They're referring, of course, to January 6th. 2021, and referring to the 14th Amendment, Section 3. If you've never heard it before, allow me. Allow me to give you a quick read. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same, or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each House, remove such disability. This, of course, was written post-Civil War, about people who had taken up arms against the United States. The terminology shall have engaged in insurrection is being read by some as the idea of, well, you don't have to be convicted of such a thing. You just have to have done it. Once you hear that from grown-ups, from so-called educated men and women, you realize how this isn't a plain reading of the Constitution as Jay Johnson engages. But such a level of radicalness and hate 
as to be believed. If one is not convicted, how do you prove one has engaged in insurrection? Because you have a feeling? Because you believe it? This is the argument that was made by the Supreme Court in Colorado. This is the argument that they made. You have got this judge, J. Michael Ludwig, who was part of the same conversation. What does he make of all of this? Uh, as a... Uh our country's preeminent constitutional scholar, uh, Professor Lawrence Tribe, uh, and I said in our article in August in The Atlantic, uh, this decision will test uh, whether America is committed uh, to America's democracy, to its constitution, and to the rule of law. Yesterday's uh, momentous and historic. Uh, was a um, a model of judicial uh, decision making. Uh, it, it is unassailable in every respect. It it was a uh, uh, a masterful interpretation of Section 14, uh, say, uh, of of uh, of um, uh, 14th Amendment Section 3 of the Constitution. Masterful, it was. Uh, I didn't know that I could be a judge. I'm going to say this again for the people in the cheap seats. None of this is masterful. I laugh at this judge out loud, and I believe that the Supreme Court should overturn this decision 9 nothing. and I believe that the people of Colorado should find ways to throw these justices out and have them disbarred. A system not based on litigation, not based on findings, not based on trial, but rather based on feelings, is not masterful. As a matter, just a basic concept, I don't care that he's a judge. Where's the guilt? He was indeed told, you start an insurrection, and an impeachment took place, and he was not removed from office. The Senate found no guilt now what now you think he's guilty you hold no trial and you utilize that feeling to move something forward can i ask how the country moves forward and yet they go to cnn and they say things like this the people who favor this decision Don't favor the nation. Allow me to be clear. They are not Americans. They don't believe in the American way of life. And I defy anybody within the sound of my voice to tell me why this decision is good. 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. Don't squawk behind your keyboard. Let's go to work. You, You went to college. I didn't. I mean, I went. I didn't graduate. You guys know that story. I didn't graduate college. We didn't have the money and then it was either my brother got to finish up his his degree or neither one of us did so I stopped going I did my part I don't think it's affected me too much personally I think I'm okay but I want people to now argue why this is a, this is a good idea I want people to argue why it is 
that four justices can make a decision not even based on a trial. Just a case is brought to them. And they're like, oh, okay, I guess he's guilty. I guess he's not allowed. Tell me how that creates a better society. Alan Dershowitz. For how electors are appointed. States have a great discretion in how they appoint electors. This will throw the entire system of electing president that we've now established for over 200 years into disarray. It's, it's a scandal. It's a shame. The justices who wrote this decision ought to be ashamed of themselves. It's a purely partisan ploy. And the Supreme Court ought to take this up as soon as possible and get us back to the business of electing presidents based on what the people want, not what partisans want and what they can get partisan judges to enact, which clearly violates the, the explicit terms of the Constitution itself. Yeah. Look, the, the Fourth Amendment was intended to prevent people who engaged in the Civil War from running. That's what the purpose was. If you look at the whole amendment, yeah. it talks about the the Civil War it talks about slavery. It's clearly in context a one-off. It wasn't designed to replace the impeachment provisions of the Constitution, as this court absurdly ruled. Just so let us go a step further from Alan Dershowitz here. The purpose of this ruling is to take away the ability of the people to make a decision. Guys, I would pick DeSantis over Trump right now. There's a possibility I'd pick Haley over Trump in terms of just winability across the spectrum based on the data right now. But I'd take Trump over Biden any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Personal decisions should be made by the people and they should not be taken away from them. The Colorado Supreme Court wants to take away decision making from the people. Why in the world should they be allowed to make the mistake, feel the air quotes, of voting for Trump? We simply can't allow this. Why, why, why can't you allow this? Well, because Trump engaged in an insurrection. No, he didn't. Even if we were to say uh, that he said things you don't like, the words, if we're going to read the plain reading a judge and, and former uh, Homeland Security Secretary Jay Johnson, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same. Trump never showed up to the Capitol. Trump didn't wear a Viking helmet. What insurrection? What engagement in insurrection are you talking about? Now we're getting into your feelings. You feel he did. Who gives a damn what you feel he did? That's not an argument. That's not an American way to think of things. That's ridiculous. It's pablum. And the people of Colorado are now going to be told they don't get to choose. Some court got to choose for them. That's funny. When the court chose George Bush over Al Gore, I was told that was the worst thing in the world. Now the court decides and everyone's supposed to go, yippee. First things first. The court is taking away the rights of the people. The people can decide who they vote for or don't vote for, who they support or don't support. That is for the people to decide, not, not for a court to decide. But going a, 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 a step further, so we 
understand each other. You have to accept from this decision that the Democratic Party is a threat to democracy. What they claim about Trump, and I just told you, I might vote for Nikki Haley over Trump just on the winnability subject. I know, I know, I'm going to get hate mail. Leave that to the side just for a moment. Ha <laughs> ha. I don't think the people should be kept from making decisions. But the Democratic Party wants to keep the people from making decisions. But the Democratic Party told me that Trump is the threat to democracy. I'm looking at it with my own eyes, and so are you. It seems to me that the Democrats are the ones who are the threat to democracy. So let me say it again. The Democratic Party is the threat to democracy. Straight up threat. They don't think you should have a say because you might do something they don't like. So they want to take your voice away from you. But I got to worry about Trump? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. You, you can't sell that. And that's why I'm asking people, you know, I don't usually take the callers. 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. Go on. You've been talking about Trump. You're angry with Trump. You're talking smack about Trump. Sell your argument. Go on. Come on. Come on. Sell your argument. Try, at least. You worry that Trump is going to be a threat to democracy. So the Supreme Court in Colorado says the people can't have their democracy. They can't even have their vote the way they want. Based on what? It's not even a, it's not even a reading of, of, of the 14th Amendment. It's insanity. It's insane. And I don't care how many judges they put on it. A model of judicial decision making. Good Lord. Ambassador Bolton. Yeah, that Ambassador Bolton who hates Trump. This this measure that was put in place to, to keep former Confederates from returning to power. I mean, what do you make of it being used here? I think it's completely misplaced. I think this this Colorado Supreme Court decision is badly wrong for multiple reasons. Number one, the the 14th Amendment provides that Congress can pass legislation to carry uh, its provisions into effect, which Congress has done on many aspects. It has not put anything with respect to Section 3 on the books uh, since just after the Civil War. Uh, Second, the the idea that... uh, 50 different state courts can can decide a question involving the highest elective office in the executive branch interpreting the federal constitution as to what constitutes an insurrection against the federal government uh, is is incoherent and i think uh, undoubtedly the supreme court's going to have to clear that up in terms of what the framers of the 14th amendment meant uh, I, I think I think it's quite clear that the radical Republicans in Congress who wanted to suppress the secessionist 
advocates and governments of the southern states that succeeded would not provide on this critical question of uh, the offices that that are going to be denied to people who broke their oath to the United States, that you're going to put decision-making authority on that in the hands of the states, including the former secessionist states. That If that was their intention, they were they were delusional when interesting take on, on on that part of it but the this this bringing up of the supreme court as i did that, that i think the supreme court should rule nine nothing and i bring up of course uh, george bush al gore Let, let's bring up something else uh, about the court that i think creates an even larger issue our lack of faith in institutions is very real and now what we have seen from the political left is is a one-two punch first Jack Smith in the uh, case against uh, Donald Trump wanting uh, the Supreme Court to rule whether or not charges can be brought against a former president. Bypassing all the other appellate courts going right to SCOTUS. And now a situation from Colorado where the Supreme Court is going to have to rule regarding the 14th Amendment. When the left loses both of these cases... Will it not just anger them to the point where they demand court packing and look at what the political right has done to the court and we can't trust the system and continuing to throw out the baby with the bathwater? The system has to hold. In order for it to hold, we have to demand it. And people have to be rational, not emotional. Things are going to get much, much rougher from here. This is Tony Katz today. So why is it that Hunter Biden wasn't on the passenger list for Marine One? Marine One is the helicopter. And and uh, it was it was strange that, that there was this uh, all of a sudden, you know, people are getting off Marine One at the White House and there's Hunter Biden. And some people, you know, noticed he's not on the manifest. Why isn't he on the logs? Why isn't he written down? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. And then you realize that, like, how many times do we know of who went to visit whom uh, at the Biden's uh, home in, in Delaware? Oh, Secret Service doesn't keep records of that. You don't keep records of who is visiting the president of the United States? While there were classified documents all around the Corvette and the drug-addled son, Hunter, who clearly left cocaine in the White House. That is my theory. I'm going with it. With everything going on with Hunter and the charges against Hunter, the indictments, uh, defying a congressional subpoena, facing a maximum of 17 years behind bars for the financial issues, 25 on the gun charge that he's facing, this according to Jackie Heinrich uh, uh, of Fox News, and the family gets back from, from, from Delaware, and there he is on Marine One, and nobody wrote it down? How many times does he visit? Now, he's the son. He can travel with the family. This is not my argument. It's the, it's the not writing it down. What are you hiding? Why does it look like that you're hiding? 
Are there any other visitor logs that Hunter Biden has not been put on, specifically, purposefully, willfully left off? If so, why? He's the son. Nobody think would even think it's weird. Even with all the issues, I don't actually think it's weird. I think it's weird that it's not written down. And for an administration that claims transparency, let's argue no. Let's also argue that 177 people are going to be outed who may have had a relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. Let's talk about that. I'm Tony Katz. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. One hundred and seventy seven associates of the pedophile sex trafficking lowlife Jeffrey Epstein, who did not kill himself, will be named in court documents. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? Eight, three, three. Got Tony. Eight, three, three, four, six, eight, eight, six, six, nine. Um, this story, as released by the Daily Mail uh, yesterday. A judge has ruled that the documents would be unsealed and it would name 177 does uh, who are Epstein's friends, recruiters, and victims within the coming weeks. It's related to a defamation case that is brought by Virginia Roberts, who um, is accusing Prince Andrew, son of Queen Elizabeth, brother of Prince Charles, of impropriety. Let's see the list. Let us see the list. It is remarkably important. We have been wondering why we don't have more information on this for years. Ever since Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Uh, Do I have to say that again? Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. He was allowed to die, but he did not kill himself. He's in a jail cell. The guards aren't working. Oh, someone fell asleep. The cameras aren't on. Could you stop it? We see you. But it doesn't stop them. And we'll see if this list ever makes the light of day. We'll see if anybody is, is, is ever uh, punished for the thing. We will want it. It does not mean that we will get it. But let's take take a step back here. Uh, Anybody associated, anybody associated with Jeffrey Epstein who knew anything has to go to jail, don't care about their name, don't care about their position, don't care if they are beloved. 
if you were with Epstein, if you knew you're the enemy, you're an abuser, you have to go to jail, I only hope your experience is like some of those rougher episodes of Oz. We will follow this as it happens and as it goes. Meanwhile, the president of Israel, Isaac Herzog, is stating that Israel is ready for another pause. We're talking about the possibility of another truce to recover hostages held by Hamas. The quote happening, quote, Israel is ready for another humanitarian pause and additional humanitarian aid in order to enable the release of hostages. And the responsibility lies fully with the Hamas leader, Sinwar, and others in Hamas leadership. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm to an extent surprised to see it. Surprised uh, to, to see it take place. I didn't know they were willing to go down this road again. But they are trying to get their people back. Meanwhile, there are voices of reason that are explaining that what we're seeing with uh, college students and we'll, we'll call them young people regarding Israel and Hamas is, is completely, completely screwed and, 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 and awkward because people are getting their information from TikTok. You know who's making that argument? Senator John Fetterman. I, I really, I really don't, I really don't know. Uh, I, I do know that a lot of people are getting their perspective from TikTok, and I think if you're kind of getting your perspective on the world on TikTok, it's going to tend to be kind of warped or not reflective of the the history and, and actually the way things absolutely are. And what is very clear is is that Hamas started this, and they actually broke the the ceasefire, and they attacked uh, and murdered. Uh, babies, children, women uh, attacked a, a music uh, a concert and everything. It's 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 outrageous. And from from now on, um, it's been very clear that that Israel would very much want there to be peace. But they've made it very clear that after October seventh, that that's just not possible. So long as Hamas is allowed to uh, exist, how does one reconcile that Fetterman is the one making sense? And clearly is far better than he was when he had the stroke. I still would not have allowed him to be senator. He still should have stayed home and uh, taken care of himself. All that should have happened. But cogent, complete sentences, making sense. Making sense. We, we, I mean, I, I will get into so, some other things going on with uh, college campuses uh, in, in, a, in a little bit. While he's having this conversation, Jew-hating bigot Linda Sarsour was leading an uh, insurrection in the Capitol Rotunda. This took place yesterday. 60 anti-Israel protesters. Uh, it's, it's not just anti-Israel. It's, it's uh, people who are focused on uh, a genocide. Uh, were there with Linda Sarsour screaming, not another nickel, not another dime, no more money for Israel's crimes, and signs that read, stop arming Israel. 
because you want Hamas to be victorious because you support terrorists. We, we, we got it. Linda Sarsour is a name you remember. Linda Sarsour was the woman who started the Women's March. You remember the Women's March. I remember that there were people who clearly knew she was a bigot and yet somehow couldn't get themselves not to appear with her, around her, near her, like, like, like they desperately needed it because, well, their, their progressivism was more important. And they thought, you know, all right, we'll, we'll be aligned on the other things. And just like so many of these progressive progressives learned when it came to uh, uh, religion, uh, no, the, 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 these people hate you, and they'll they will leave the Jews to die. Uh, that that's that's who they are. That's what they did, and no one can deny it. And they still went along with it. Ah, oh, we women gotta stick together. Blah blah blah. Madness. So. Um, as is uh, being uh, described, the Capitol Police saying, quote, is against the law to demonstrate inside the congressional buildings. So we brought in additional officers to be prepared for the moment. The group would break the law. The group was screened when they entered the building. Once they broke the law, roughly 60 people were immediately arrested for violating a, a code, which was crowding, obstructing, or incommodating. Now, this is just one of many, many things going on. Where people are engaged in, uh, in, in, in not just a, a conversation of protest, but in a conversation of radicalness and shutting down train stations and, and, and everything else. Pay no attention to them just for the moment, uh, the, these Jew haters. The, the question is, what happens in another potential ceasefire? Which I oppose because I don't know where the value is supposed to come from. I don't actually believe um, that you, you, you create a situation where things work out well. I get that you want the hostages back. I'm not say, telling them no. I am saying that what other time is given in getting them back? You got hostages back and as you were, Hamas was attacking and three people got murdered in Jerusalem. And then rockets were refired in the southern parts of Israel. You're just lucky that no one died in that. So we're sacrificing one for the other? I'm just saying that this is... I don't know if we're playing a zero-sum game When Joe Biden was asked about this, he was asked um, about a deal on hostages. Will there be a deal on hostages anytime soon? Now, he was, uh, I think it was there at the airport. So sometimes it's a little difficult to hear. But catch this. Are we expecting a hostage deal anytime soon? Yes. Oh, really? Okay. Well, where? Over in, uh, oh, no, I was, I was talking about... You're talking about the, we're pushing it. We, I, I don't, there's no expectation at this point. So the reporter asks, are we expecting a hostage deal anytime soon? Biden says yes, and the reporter's like, oh, 
Oh, really? Oh, okay. And then Biden's like, wait, 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 wait. where do you mean? Fantastic. Fantastic. You gotta, you gotta feel like, like we're really in, 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 in good hands. There's no, there, there, there's, you know, the, it's, it's Thomas Sowell. There are no uh, uh, solutions. There are only trade-offs. And this might be the trade-off. But um, I, I, I must say that what I favor is the elimination of Hamas to be able to get to an opportunity for peace. And I don't think that this leads to an effective timing for the elimination of Hamas. Then again, I'm not Israeli. They're not taking my advice. Southwest Airlines should. You may have heard this story. I discussed this, uh, for those of you who get the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast, my cigar and bourbon show, eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Southwest Airlines now has a plus-size policy. And you're like, I don't know what that means. Here, here's what it means. Let's say you're very large. Let's say you are rotund. And you, because of your rotundness, take up more than one seat. You don't have to buy another seat on Southwest Airlines. All you have to do is buy the one and then get to the airport and demand an extra seat. And Southwest will give it to you. Southwest will give you the seat, which means they will bump somebody so you can sit. Tigris Osborne, the executive director of the National Association to Advance Fat Acceptance. That's a thing. Quote, everybody who needs extra space should have a way to be accommodated on an airline. This policy is about people who need extra space width-wise. So you don't buy the extra seat, but you get the extra seat. I purchased the seat that I can sit in, but I'm not allowed to sit in it because you didn't think ahead to ensure your own safety and your own comfort and mine. Rather, your decisions or uh, other physical ailments, we could argue, are now allowed to impact me? you're, You're not only morbidly obese. You want people to accept your morbid obesity and then give up what they have paid for because you can't fit the 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 level to which that is not just selfish but but criminal and that and that southwest would would allow such a thing that's real hatred that is southwest hating their customer and making a decision that some customers are more important than others not the person who paid but the person who has the whatever issue du jour uh, they, they like. Remember, this isn't about money. As a matter of fact, if you paid, it doesn't even get you any rights. 
Paying doesn't help you. What helps you is being large. I think we're way too accepting of the concept of large. Somebody is large and they need two seats, go buy two seats. Don't want to hear about your problems. That's on you. Now, the extra seat happens to be available and the airline wants to give it to you and it's not inconveniencing anybody else. They can do that. But if you think you can inconvenience someone else because you're a selfish lowlife, well, you're a selfish lowlife. But we shouldn't be a society that cheers being overweight. Like, we shouldn't cheer Lizzo. I mean, go live your life, but don't cheer it. Lizzo's unhealthy. This overweight thing is unhealthy. I still weigh too much, but much less than I did. Because it's healthier. It just is. So what are we kidding ourselves? We're celebrating terrible lifestyles. And then we're telling them that their terrible lifestyle gets put ahead of people who actually wrote a check for the seat. That's nuts. This is Tony Katz today. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Twenty twenty four will be the biggest single crash year in our lifetimes. Do not listen to your financial advisor. Remain calm. All is well. That's a that's a story over the New York Post from a uh, economist who says, "Look, uh, all we do is spend money. All we do is borrow money. The debt comes due. There's going to be a crash, and it's actually going to help send a message to the central banks." Uh, I I am not somebody who is uh, overly hopeful about uh, the the future. I'm aware that things could get get rough and tumble. And I'm, in many ways, still expecting them to. This is a different conversation. I don't know if you're going to listen to this. Guy's name is Harry Dent. It's possible he's been wrong before. But there is a lot of spending. And the debt will eventually come due. You would think one of these doomsday predictors will eventually be right. It would only make sense. This is Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Live from the heartland, and the crossroads of America. It's Tony Katz today. 
I have spent a fair amount of time defending Donald Trump just today. This ruling in Colorado is nuts, and I've got more to say on it in terms of how people act emotionally coming up. Uh, But allow me to say equally that Donald Trump is ridiculous. And his supporters, you're ridiculous. I'm going to give you the, the, the reason I say such a thing. If you want to argue it, 833-GOT-TONY. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 833-468-8669. Am I looking for an argument today? Is that it? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was the lack of sleep last night. The cold decided to come back and punch me in the face. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Maybe I'm just feeling ornery. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you a story, and I want, I want somebody who supports Trump 24-7 to defend ridiculousness. A ridiculous statement from Donald Trump. He should be told he's a dope. The statement from Donald Trump is that he called Congressman Chip Roy of Texas a rhino. Chip Roy? Chip Roy is a rhino. That is a dopey, ridiculous thing to say. Trump taking to Truth Social. Hello. Hey, sir. Uh, Usually we say that when you're doing Twitter, but now Twitter's X, so that wouldn't even work. So we'll just use it as your truth social thing. Really, anytime you make a social media post, okay? Hello. There it is. Um, Has any smart and energetic Republican in the great state of Texas, writes President Trump, decided to run in the primary against rhino Congressman Chip Roy? For the right person, he is very beatable. If interested, let me know. Um, there's a, there's a, 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 a lot you could say about a lot of things. You can't call Chip Roy a rhino. You sound like a crazy person. Now, of course, Chip Roy is supporting Ron DeSantis and there's commentaries like this. Chip Roy, he joins us now from Iowa. Congressman, thank you for coming in. You're in Iowa with Ron DeSantis, and I have heard you say many times, you do not put a lot of stock in the polls that I'm just citing about him being a distant second to Trump there. Do you consider anything short of a win in Iowa a victory for Ron DeSantis there? Well, I'm not looking through that lens, all right? Well, we need a victory for the American people. Uh, Governor DeSantis is the leader that I believe will provide that victory, and I think a lot of people on the ground in Iowa see it that way. And, you know, Iowans take this very seriously, right? They know that polls aren't going to decide who the president's going to be. They get to decide. All roads to the White House lead through Iowa. Iowans are convicted. And when they sit down and they meet with Governor DeSantis, they see a leader who is delivered. He has time and time again proven that he will do what he said he would do. Uh, And he's done it on serious conservative principles, right? Uh, This is a time right now where people in Iowa want strong conservative leadership to push back on what we're seeing out of Biden with wide open borders, rampant inflation, an economy teetering, uh, you know, worldwide, uh, all sorts of uh, instability with respect to what's going on in Israel, the Middle East, and Russia and Ukraine. Uh, We need leadership right now that's sorely lacking, but we need conservative leadership. We don't need a finger in the air from a certain governor from 
South Carolina, more interested in saddling up with Wall Street donors. Uh, and we don't need to be looking backwards, talking about former President Trump's past and you know, whether or not he's going to give another medal to Anthony Fauci. We need someone who can deliver for the American people like Governor DeSantis delivered for Florida. Now that's, with the Fauci stuff, that's a punch. And so, okay, Trump's going to punch back. That's fine. It's fine. A punch back is fine. Rhino. Republican in name only. That's what what Rhino is. Um, Dopey. Dopey from Donald Trump. Looks dopey, sounds dopey. Why would we be, why would we want it? You want to hit back about Fauci, you feel free. Hitting back by calling him a rhino makes you sound crazy. Now, it's possible that none of it matters. It doesn't matter. Should we take a look? Oh, no, don't make me. All right, I'll do it. Just, uh, Just to see where we are. With uh, the polling data, with that New York Times poll that ended December 14th that shows Trump 64, Haley 11, DeSantis 9, Haley and DeSantis are are basically tied at just near 12%. Uh, Trump's at 63. I guess it doesn't matter what he says. It doesn't matter what the man says at all. In Iowa... While uh, DeSantis has the overall in in second place, Trump 50, Haley 17, DeSantis 15. In the overall, it's Trump, DeSantis, Haley. People talk about how Haley is is rising. Is, is, is that what's what's happening? Well, in, in New Hampshire, that latest CBS poll, Trump 44, Haley 29, DeSantis 10, I'm sorry, DeSantis 11, Christie 10. I mean, it certainly is looking good for her to see her up plus 11 in New Hampshire. And if Christie got out of the race, that would all go to Nikki Haley. Uh, the the Christie voter, sorry. That was that was weirdly said. The Christie voter is clearly going to be a Nikki Haley voter, and there's a lot of push now to get uh, Chris Christie out of this race. Uh, as we've discussed, he should run for Senate against uh, Egyptian uh, candidate Bob Menendez, and I think he'd have great success. But it's still Trump up by massive numbers, even though this latest CBS poll only has him up by 15. Oh, by the way, just 15. So, yeah, the man can get away with whatever he wants, but why are you amazed when you're told it's ridiculous? Calling Chip Roy a rhino is ridiculous. Disagreeing with him about something regarding uh, Fauci or pushing back on something, okay. Rhino is a dopey, dopey, dopey thing to say. But maybe not as dopey as uh, Joe Biden saying Trump an insurrectionist? Well, of course he is. Is Trump an insurrectionist, sir? Well, I think certainly you're self-evident. You saw it all. Now, whether the 14th Amendment applies, I'll let the court make that decision. But he certainly supported an insurrection. No question about it. None. Zero. And uh, he seems to be doubling down on about everything. Anyway, I've got to go do this. Hey, what is, are we expecting a hostage deal? 
the president of the United States decides that a guy is an insurrectionist. Just because. Man, I, I will say this for, for Biden. This, of course, because um, Colorado voted 4-3 to say Donald Trump can't be on the ballot because he's guilty of insurrection uh, regarding uh, uh, the 14th Amendment, Section 3, which is nonsense. Um, I thought it was actually uh, politically a pretty strong hit from Joe Biden. He doesn't usually act that way. It, it, this, this way, you're, you're showing up to the gaggle, you're about to get on a plane, you're out of the limo, and boom! You're throwing punches. That's I think that's, I think that's a little rare for, 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 for Joe. That was, that was a political hit. Oh, yeah, it goes without question. All right. It's, it's not going to work out well for him when the Supreme Court overturns this thing. But we'll get to that in, in, a, in a little bit. The, the odds, the numbers all show Trump dominating. Do the numbers now play out specifically when you talk about Iowa? A caucus state. There is a utilization of the data that shows that now when you when you hear people talk, uh, you're you're talking about likely voters. And when you talk about likely voters in a poll, these places where Trump is coming out ahead slightly, but within the margin of error, but coming out ahead uh, slightly, uh, it, it gets inverted, and and Biden comes out ahead. It is a question, and the question only gets answered on January 15th regarding uh, the, the Iowa caucuses, whether the polling numbers actually shows as ground strength. This has been my argument, my question. I have never said that it's impossible. I just don't know, I just don't know if I believe that it is, uh, it is fait accompli, that Trump's just going to clean house. I'm also not somebody who says, oh my gosh, look at Nikki Haley surging. Well, it's clearly hers. It's not clearly hers. What is clear is that Ron DeSantis has run a terrible campaign and he needs a gift out of Iowa more than anybody I've ever met. And I have been trying to to ascertain whether second place finishes provide anything. Let's argue that Trump wins Iowa, wins New Hampshire. One would then assume he would win South Carolina, where he has a very comfortable lead. He has a better lead in South Carolina than in New Hampshire. If he wins Iowa and wins New Hampshire, it's game over, right? Well, mostly, I I would assume, yes, although some people might not get out of the race. What has to happen for Haley uh, and or or DeSantis to get out of the race? Well, I think for DeSantis, uh, third place in Iowa means you're done. 
he would have to score at least second to be able to figure out a way to get past New Hampshire, to get into South Carolina, and figure if he can hobble into a Super Tuesday. And remember, we're not discussing the fact that he would win Super Tuesday or win the nomination in this regard. We're saying that how does he, how, can he keep it going? Is there any level of money to keep it going? A saving face kind of conversation, et cetera, and hope beyond hope. Remember, John McCain was out of it until South Carolina. So, so these things are, are possible, and they're all going to play those kinds of games. Now, if DeSantis wins Iowa... He just has to have some kind of acceptable showing in South Carolina because if I were him, I would completely skip, New, uh, mostly skip New Hampshire, go to South Carolina, try and make it happen, and then swing yourself into Super Tuesday. But in order for that to happen, he'd have to win Iowa. Trump would have to come in second. That in and of itself would be a monumental shift. The numbers say that can't be. I mean, clearly, the numbers say it can't be. Again, what if you don't believe the numbers? Which I I don't. Because I think getting people to caucus and having that ground game is a much different thing. If Trump comes in second in Iowa, he has to be able to win New Hampshire to then reset the stage, get himself to South Carolina, and then present huge as, as clearly the choice on Super Tuesday. But if Haley can second in Iowa and can actually pull something out in New Hampshire, which if we believe trending is at least possible, South Carolina is her state, and now she has all of the money to make a real Super Tuesday push. In the Super Tuesday push... She doesn't have to do everything. She only has to do a few things. She only has to be able to show that she can grab a couple, a couple of delegates and a couple of dollars. By the way, uh, uh, California, Texas, North Carolina, Tennessee... Alabama, Virginia, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Massachusetts, Utah, Minnesota, and Colorado. Because if she can do that, well, then she can play. Now, a lot of this, I should say a lot of this, all this is speculation. And I get that. And that's all that we have right now. All that we have. When we take a look at these numbers, I just like to share where we're at, what it is we're dealing with. There's not going to be much more polling before we get to Iowa. This is close to the the end of it. This polling says that Trump has it wrapped up. The polling states that. Certainly it states it in Iowa. If he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily have it wrapped up so clean right now in New Hampshire, although a 15-point spread is still pretty massive. It's possible. But the only way to know if it's going to happen, if there is any level of opportunity for other people, is if all of Trump's numbers are things that don't translate to actual action. We won't know that 
Everyone's guessing on it. I say we wait. But calling Chip Roy a rhino is just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's dopey. And I wanted to be clear about that. I'm Tony Katz. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The tariffs will be avoided and the whiskey will flow. That is beautiful. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. The United States, the European Union, the agreement to extend the suspension on the tariffs on American whiskey. There was a 50% tax set to take effect at the start of next year. This suspension is going to last until March 31st, 2025. You would have had a massive effect on European uh, business. It's not that there aren't plenty of Americans still looking for bourbon, look, looking for whiskey, looking for rye, looking for all uh, the things, perhaps some sour mash. Uh, but but this is this is helpful. This is helpful. This was also, you know, with in, involved steel and, 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 and aluminum. Uh, Trade Representative Catherine Tai saying for the past two years, the United States and the European Union have been engaged in critically important negotiations. The goal is to forge a forward-looking arrangement that will allow us to join forces economically to incentivize fair and clean production and trade in the steel and aluminum sectors. Also, we'd like to get blotto and blank-faced. That, that's what she said. I'm, I'm just quoting right there. The EU had originally set the tariff at 25%. And then exports went down 20%. From $552 million to $440 million. That's some real money. They then suspended it in October of 2022. And if it had gone into effect, back into effect, it would have doubled. In that time... Exports to the EU increased 29%, reaching uh, back to levels of $566 million. So this is this is excellent news for the world of whiskey and really for the world of spirits. And when we take a look at, at how uh, tariffs uh, affect things, understand that you know during during COVID, tequila was actually the fastest growing spirit because no tariffs. There were no issues there. You didn't have any problems. And also, you're able to make tequila at a much faster clip than bourbon. Well, anything that people would actually drink. Much faster clip. Very happy to see this done. Good news for the industry. Right now, the Dow is up 41. The NASDAQ is up 55. And I, I, I was discussing this earlier on my morning show that mortgage demand is down, which is weird because interest rates are down. They're, the mortgage rates are under 7%. But people aren't actually applying for mortgages, which could only lead you to one uh, thing. There's still no supply. So the prices on homes still too high. 
I don't know how that creates a better economy. The mortgage rates are down, but you still can't people to buy, get people to buy a house because the house still costs so much. That's an issue. A big one. This is Tony Katz today. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I think it's time for us to make sure that we're all on the same page regarding Kamala Harris not being on anyone's page at all. (laughs) No one is thinking of Kamala Harris. Nobody wants to elect Kamala Harris. Nobody has any faith in Kamala Harris. Everyone believes and agrees that the vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris, is a clown, incompetent, incapable, because she chooses to be. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Let's go barbecue, let's go bourbon. Those are my two bucks. Those are perfect for Christmas. Stocking stuffers you can still get right now from Amazon.com. Order them, let's go BBQ, and let's go bourbon. Get them today. I'm going to share with you an interview uh, she did the vice president, well, maybe with some other things. This was with uh, Lawrence O'Donnell over at MSNBC. And we talk a lot about the the, the word salad stuff. You, you hear this a lot. Like she's saying things, but the things don't seem to mean anything. It, it's just a lot of, of gobbledygook. Word salad is the expression that is, is is used. So, for example, uh, she is a big fan of saying, you know, talking about that we can envision a world unburdened by what has been. She talks about all that all the time. Unburdened by what has been. Conceptually, what she's saying is, look, there's the way things were done, but what about trying something a new way? Well, I think that's a, a fine thing to say. She talks about it all the time. It's this default position that has now just become a laugh line, and rightfully so. And then, in in this kind of view, or I, I should, maybe it's a view of herself that that she thinks is 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 uh, academic or or philosophical. She engages in this weird level of repetition, and this talking about what's going on between Israel and Hamas. This was Vice President Harris to uh, Lawrence O'Donnell here uh, from MSNBC. You tell me. But we do also need to focus on what is happening now toward what is possible and and should be possible the day after, as we call it. Uh, Lawrence, as you know, I was in Dubai recently meeting with a number of leaders, including many Arab leaders, to talk about our commitment as the United States to a two-state solution and a commitment to doing the hard work that that will require to 
get to a place where we, for the principles that we have stated, um, will insist there be no reoccupation of Gaza by the Israelis. There will be no forced displacement of Palestinians. But we work toward equal measures of security, prosperity, and freedom for Israelis and for Palestinians. And so that is a big part of our goal at this point as well, which is to do what is possible to lay the pathway for that possibility and that goal. I ask you right now, does that sound like somebody you would put your faith into to push a nuclear button? The answer is no. The answer is she so doesn't know how to end a sentence. She doesn't know how to phrase a sentence. She doesn't know how to put herself together and is so unsure of her words that she just has to keep going until she runs out of breath. And in that, there's a total lack of faith in her, a total lack of belief. She does this to herself. She is simply not somebody that anybody could trust. So when we have this conversation about what could happen in in uh, in in twenty twenty four with, with uh, the Democrats on the ticket, yes, replacing because I got to ask this question uh, yesterday. Of course, I think they're going to replace Joe, Joe Biden. I absolutely believe that to be true. I believe that everything is lining up for that. There is no way they replace him with Kamala Harris. It just can't happen. It just won't happen. Because how do you listen to that? Now, the question before us is, why can't the political left just accept the fact that she's not capable? She's not capable. Why is this a, a, a conversation piece that if you bring it up, you're told you're sexist or you're a racist. The people screaming sexist or racist are amongst the most hapless people in America. I've said this many times, and I think it is very much worth repeating because this seems to be some kind of, I don't know if, if, if the word is upsetting, this seems to be the kind of, of thing that people want to vilify you for, but it's clearly true. I have met many a white person. Some are lovely. Some are jerks. Some are super smart. Some dumb as a box of rocks. Some decent and moral. Some absolutely despicable. I wouldn't let them in my house. Some who were friends and now I don't speak to because of their treatment of me. And some who I wasn't sure about who I have become dear friends with. That sounds familiar to anybody? Sounds like experiences you've had in your life. How is that not true if it's true of people who are white, of everybody else? Because the white part or the black part or the Asian part or the gay part or the Jewish part or the Christian part is not the part. These are human beings, and human beings have failings. And some people will surprise you, and some people will surprise you. This is just how it works. There are two sides to the bell curve. And there are plenty of black people out there who are super smart, and there are plenty of black people out there who are super dumb.
Why? Because they're two sides of the bell curve. Same thing with Asian people. Same thing with Hispanic people. Same thing with gay people. Same thing with women and men and Jews and this and that. Why is this surprising? But it seems that saying so can get you in a whole heap of trouble. Oh, oh, I, I, I have had producers where I've had this conversation and you can see them cringe. Oh, they can't believe that I'm saying such a thing. Oh, it might be seen as offensive. And they're the problem. If I just said that there's two sides to the bell curve and you could take any group of people and any characteristic and put them into the, in, into, into the hopper, into the equation, and some will come out on this side and some will come out on, come out on, on that side, that's, that's rational. That is offensive. You can't say that. Someone might get offended. Go ahead. Be offended. Kiss my butt. What does that matter? What does it matter that you think that my commentary about the vice president, Kamala Harris, is because she's black and a woman? That's inconsequential claptrap bullcrap. She's not smart. She's not effective. She can't lead. And from every single source, she doesn't study, she doesn't prepare, she doesn't care, she blames everybody else for everything else going on around her. The problem is her. Not the color of her skin, not her sex, her. Kamala Harris isn't smart enough to be president. She's not smart enough to be vice president. And remember, you want to know how bad Joe Biden's instincts are? He picked her. The woman who referred to him as a segregationist. He picked Kamala. If he was going to pick a black woman, remember, the, these are, this is the progressive left. Checking boxes is what they do. And I have no problem with him picking a black woman. You could have picked Val Demings. I'm going to say that again. Do you remember Val Demings, congresswoman? former police chief of Orlando, Val Demings, would have been a far superior choice. I still say that to Kamala Harris. You wouldn't be having the conversation. At least, at least I would argue I don't think you'd be having the conversation that you'd be having about Kamala Harris. I, I, I really don't believe that you would. You would be saying, all right, you could default here. You, you, Democrats could be okay with this. They could rally around this. No one can rally around Kamala Harris because Kamala Harris is not capable and she's proven it. Why is that so hard to say? Why is it? Why is that somehow a problem? I don't think it should be. And I think that the people who want to make this a problem are some amongst the, the, the biggest bigots out there. The bigotry is somehow saying that I can't notice that Kamala Harris isn't qualified. Look, Joe Biden isn't qualified. You're talking about the whitest white guy out of the whitest white guys. Joe Biden is so white, he's quite literally glowing. So my issue is clearly with policy... And with intellect, they have bad policies. They have no intellect. That's, that's my issue. To say that it's racial is nutty. And so I, I bring it up just as, as a reminder to you and to all of us 
Don't worry about what they call you. Don't worry about the, the names that they use. Who cares? Let them use names. Blah, 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 blah. Forget it. You engage as you see fit. You recognize things for what they are. Part of not allowing you to utilize certain words is so you won't have conversations that they might find problematic to their future. That's what, if we go back to the very concepts of political correctness, it is to limit conversation, limit speech, limit the ability to share and engage so conversations and truth does not get out and that benefits them. I'm not interested in benefiting them. Screw them. They're so completely insane, they don't think we should notice that Kamala Harris isn't qualified, that she's not bright, that she's not good at this, that everything she says is this absolutely ridiculous, nonsensical, silly pablum. But we do notice. And it's okay to notice. Kamala Harris is never going to get the nomination. She's not. The Democratic Party knows this. Just like they know, in my view, that Joe Biden needs to be replaced. And they are going to replace him. We taking bets? This is Tony Katz today. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. So I'm finishing up my selection for Cigar and Bourbon of the Year, and I've been trying to figure out if there is a standard by that, that which I, I utilize to make that determination. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything going on at TonyKatz.com. Is there, is there a, a, a specific methodology I, I utilize with, with bourbon to say, all right, this is this is it, and, and this is why it is? And the answer is no, there isn't. There really isn't. And I actually have to go back and listen to old episodes of Eat, Drink, Smoke, My Cigar and Bourbon Show to kind of figure out what I liked it and kind of and 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 refresh my memory as as a standard right i i like a bourbon that has some oak you understand that that bourbon to be bourbon goes into a first use charred oak barrel right it's the first time it was ever used. It has to be charred, which means there's fire to it, and how much fire there is is totally up to you know the cooperage, whoever's making uh, the barrel, and, and certainly up to the distiller and the kind of uh, flavors that they're, they're trying to um, grab from, from the wood. And then after that, it's done. It can be used for scotch. It can be used for Irish whiskey. It can be used for anything. It just can't be used for bourbon again. That's, I mean, you could do some second barreling things, et cetera, but in order to make bourbon, it has to be a first use charred oak barrel. But, but what is the, the flavor that makes bourbon for me? Well, there, there, there is the oak. And now some people will get into the, the, the caramels or is it, is it vanillas? What levels of, of, of spice? For me, admittedly, it, it is that wood. 
um, which, which sometimes can play itself for me almost as leather, which is an interesting way to describe the, the, the flavor. It doesn't have to be for you. I'm saying for me. And, and so that is what, what drives me. But as I've investigated bourbon and, and, and have been studying, I am much more a fan of rye. I like rye more than I like bourbon. So bourbon is 51% corn, rye is 51% rye, uh, and, and uh, amongst other, other differences. So I, I, I find myself more attracted to rye and those flavors. But again, I don't like necessarily an overwhelming spice. There's just something more, more clean about a rye. Is that weird? And while I like sweet, I don't want to be overwhelmed by the sweetness. So when we go back to bourbons, people talk about those caramel kind of flavors. I appreciate it. It's not 100% what I want, which is why I like the more oak out of it. I like what the wood brings, and I like, for me, on the rye, some of the more clarifying uh, flavors. They're, they're, they're more direct in, in my view. So I'm searching for for what this is. What, like, what, what is the best bourbon that I've had this year that, that we've reviewed uh, uh, on the show. And I'm, I'm going through this and, and I'm here to tell you uh, that this is, this is why I love the stuff. This oh, I absolutely uh, adore it because you can have these like 9 million different points of view. Here's, here's what I've got on, on, on my list. So I went through uh, this bunch of stuff that, that we had to drink. And I don't know if you've had this, like some things are unfair. Like for example, over the past year, we did the Weller 12 year. And, and I'm not putting Weller 12-year on my list. It's not fair. I love Weller 12-year. Ha, ha. So good. Weller is one of the more famous names in bourbon, but I'm not going to get into everything right now. But it, it's, it's too well-known, and, and I don't think it, it, it's right to put on the list. I'm not, I'm not putting it on, on, on my list, which maybe I'm right about. Maybe I, I'm, I'm wrong about. I'm not putting the Weller 12-year on, on my list. Uh, but I was looking at all the things we we drank this year, and I'm like, I want to know if any of these would be on your list. Penelope Architect Straight Bourbon, Hard Truth Sweet Mash Rye, Bareface Triple Oak Canadian Whiskey. That's right. We, we drink a lot of weird stuff. Henry McKenna Single Barrel Bottled and Bond 10-Year Bourbon. Those are just four that I met. If you've had those... I want to know if they're on your list. The Henry McKenna Single Barrel Bottled in Bond. The Bareface Triple Oak Canadian Whiskey. The Hard Truth, which comes out of Indiana, Sweet Mash Rye. And the Penelope Architect Straight Bourbon. Let me know if you've had those bourbons or, or rye. Tell me what you think of them. I'm not saying they're going to be my top three. I'm saying they might be on my list. Let me know what you think of them if you've had them. This is Tony Katz today. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. 
Ambassador Bolton, when you look at this, this measure that was put in place to, to keep former Confederates from returning to power, I mean, what do you make of it being used here? I think it's completely misplaced. I think this, this Colorado Supreme Court decision is badly wrong for multiple reasons. Number one, the, the 14th Amendment provides that Congress can pass legislation to carry uh, its provisions into effect, which Congress has done on many aspects. It has not put anything with respect to Section 3 on the books uh, since just after the Civil War. Uh, second, the, the idea that uh, 50 different state courts can, can decide a question involving the highest elective office in the executive branch interpreting the federal constitution as to what constitutes an insurrection against the federal government uh, is is incoherent. And That's Ambassador Bolton. Not a fan of Donald Trump, but clearly a fan of the law. And while I have been speaking about this, it is time for us to make this part of the pivot which is what happens in a society that doesn't actually care about the law. They don't give a damn. They only care about burning their enemy to the ground. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. He's there uh, on CNN with Caitlin Collins, who uh, I, I, for the record, not impressed with. Uh, but. This decision in Colorado, Supreme Court decision, we are going to keep uh, Donald Trump off the ballot. 4-3, he is guilty of insurrection as per uh, the uh, 14th Amendment, Section 3. Uh, so therefore, he can't be on the ballot in the primary. Now, just so it's read, so you have it, this is Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state, who having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each house, remove such disability. This goes back to the Civil War and to the Confederates. It is this that the Colorado Supreme Court, in a 4-3 decision, decided Trump is guilty of insurrection and therefore can't be on the ballot in a primary. Now, Trump has not been charged with insurrection. Trump has not been found guilty of insurrection. The court in this case has feels right? They've got feeling and their feelings say Trump bad. We have to do something. And I've had people all over social media kind of echo this insanity, not everyone, but too many echoing this insanity. One of those statements at some point, uh, someone, someone wrote me on Twitter at some point, Trump has to take some responsibility for helping foment a violent assault on an official act of Congress. It's just not feasible to let something like that slide. This is a drop in the bucket of accountability, but it's something. That is somebody willing to burn down the nation. People who make statements like that should not be allowed to operate heavy machinery. Trump has to take responsibility for helping foment a violent assault. 
Whoa. I, I, it says who? But if you say so, you don't have to vote for him. But you have feels, right? You've got all the feels. And so now something has to happen to Trump because you're angry. It's just not feasible to let something like that slide. I don't think we should allow the abuse of the Justice Department on Trump right now slide. All of these uh, uh, in- indictments happening to affect a-, a-, a political election, to affect a presidential election. That's the only reason they're happening now. You're okay with that? You're twisted. You're twisted, you're sick, you don't believe in America, and you're not American. I said that earlier. I'm saying it again for the sake of clarity. You don't actually believe in America. America is about control. The rule of law, not the rule of man, not the rule of your emotions. I don't give a damn about your emotions. Your emotions can kiss my butt. They're meaningless. If you want courts acting out on emotions, things get bad. You know, a lot of people have been quoting Mitch McConnell. Uh, talking about uh, Harry Reid and the nuclear option. Remember the nuclear option with with uh, uh, getting rid of the filibuster? You will regret this one day. Uh, and uh, that they'll come sooner than you think. And that's why Merrick Garland is not uh, on the court. And that's why other people are on the court. Never forget, for all of Mitch McConnell's issues, he did that right. I love cocaine! Mitch, ain't nobody better. All right, many people better, but neither here nor there. Let's get back to this this madness that we're starting to hear. This madness that involves this decision to keep him off the primary ballot. Emotional claptrap, emotional pablum is no way to run a country. And to encapsulate this, to really understand this, one has to listen to George Conway on MSNBC. Institution, who is the finder of fact of that? Uh, people on cable news, uh, judges in Colorado, or does it need to be a jury in Washington, D.C. Uh, that is hearing a case on whether uh, Donald Trump committed insurrection against the United States Constitution? Well, as a good uh, longtime member of the Federal Society, you have to look at the text of the, of the, of the constitutional provision. And the constitutional provision says nothing about convictions. It, they could have easily, when they wrote that provision, said someone convicted of insurrection cannot be held, cannot, be, cannot hold public office. Mm-hmm. It does not say that. Can we stop for a moment? If someone is not convicted of insurrection... How would you know if they engaged in insurrection? Because you feel they did? And since this was written to clearly deal with uh, the Confederacy, and certainly not anything having to do with a riot uh, at the Capitol, you're saying that your view, George Conway, should take precedence because, again, your feelings matter. But as we know, Donald Trump never even appeared at the Capitol that day, never entered the Capitol that day, never hit a Capitol Police officer, never forced his way into a building, wasn't wearing a Viking helmet, never stole a podium, didn't put his feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk, and was not removed 
from office. So if it isn't about conviction, an actual conviction, a trial, then you're saying, George Conway, you unbelievable sack, that this is about your feelings. You want a country run on your feelings. Why in the world would anybody want such a thing? You know, we, we've been discussing this in, in, in a lot of different ways today. But man, people really think their feelings should determine how the future goes. Their feelings shouldn't determine how the future goes. As a matter of fact, George Conway, whose only claim to fame, as I've discussed, is having sex with Kellyanne Conway, should be told to take his feelings and shove them. Who cares about his feelings? But wait, uh, by the way, they refer to him on MSNBC as conservative attorney. That's adorable. Like he's a conservative. And so what that means is the courts are free to determine on their own, you know, based upon, you know, valid judicial processes, um, what is an insurrection and whether the facts meet that. And what are you talking about? Wouldn't a, a, a trial have to occur? And wouldn't the person being accused be innocent until proven guilty? In this case, no trial occurred, and they determined that the former president is guilty. No trial occurred. Hey, you Stalin-loving freak. I mean, that's a fetish. No trial occurred, and you're telling me that the court decided... This is considered intellectual thought on MSNBC, this yut. Now, I, I, I will say to you that I am, I, I am, uh, for, for, for me, the, I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking much more of this personally than, than I normally do. It's just not normally my, my style. And, and the reason is I don't know how one doesn't take this personally. These people are disgusting. George Conway's disgusting. And so is the entire staff at Morning Joe and MSNBC. They have well given up, given up the idea of having any kind of, of, of intellectual heft. What say you about this, uh, 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 Alan Dershowitz, on Fox Business? for how electors are appointed. States have a great discretion in how they appoint electors. This will throw the entire system of electing president that we've now established for over 200 years into disarray. It's, it's a scandal. It's a shame. The justices who wrote this decision ought to be ashamed of themselves. It's a purely partisan ploy. And the Supreme Court ought to take this up as soon as possible and get us back to the business of electing presidents based on what the people want, not what partisans want and what they can get partisan judges to enact. That, I think, makes a lot more sense to a lot more people. The emotional aspects here is that the people cannot be trusted. That's the story here. That people like George Conway, this sack, People like Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski, these two shrieking fools. See, I mean, that's usually not the way I talk. I, I can't describe to you how disgusted I, I am by all this. 
They don't believe that the people should have a say. They are so emotional. Remember, I'm disgusted and I'm sharing it with you. They're so emotional that they don't believe that the people should have a say in their own elections. That Trump should just not be allowed on the ballot to prevent anybody from making what they decide is the wrong decision. You should be prevented from doing what they decide is making a mistake. You can't be allowed to make a mistake. You can't be allowed to have your own opinion. You can't be allowed to have your own thoughts. You cannot be allowed. This is Senator Chris Coons of Delaware. It's a striking ruling. I think it is a plain reading of the text of the 14th Amendment. Uh, I'll remind you, this provision of the 14th Amendment uh, was written to prevent uh, those who were part of the Confederacy who took up arms against the United States in our Civil War from returning to federal elected office. Uh, But there was a finding by the court in Colorado looking at the evidence that former President Trump participated in an insurrection. I was here on January 6th. Uh, We had an impeachment trial for President Trump after the events of January 6th. I think it's undeniable, in my view, that he participated in an insurrection and as such should be disqualified. What does your view matter, Senator? You would need a court. You would need it adjudicated. Your view, why not just say, I'm Chris Coons, I'm a dictator. Why not just call yourself Generalissimo Coons? In my view, who gives two holy you-know-whats about your view? You're saying you're so emotional that because you feel it, it should be so. And you're glad that a, 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 a court, the Supreme Court of Colorado also is filled with emotional people. Can I ask a question? How does a nation survive like this? We do not do things based on a rule of law. We do things based on the emotional state of Senator Chris Coons. How is this not a dictatorship? How is it not a banana republic? (laughs) You're thinking that, right? It's important that when we go through this, as, as we went through it earlier, we remember this part of it. Of course, this should be overturned 9 nothing by the Supreme Court. Of course, that should happen. But understand how the left thinks and why you might be different. They believe that their emotions should lead. They believe that their emotions should reign supreme and that their emotions are more important than your rights. Not because I said so, but because they said so. This ruling is disgusting and it should be overturned. But never forget, there's an entire political party through the Marxism, through the education system, through their elitism, through their barbarism, that believes they should have total power and anything they do to keep you from having power is okay. You wonder why I get frustrated. It's because I know that that's who they are. And I'm just trying to make sure I I, uh, engage that with you properly. 
my plan is to not let them be in charge. And even when I get disgusted, to bring myself back to square and fight proper. And that means making sure I explain things as well as I can and making sure we understand what it is we're up against. We're up against emotional people who will do anything for power, including destroying the nation. And anybody who thinks this ruling isn't anything but destroying the nation, well, they're the people who believe in power first. They're the people who also want to be dictator. This is Tony Katz today. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You know how bad crime is in the United States? I, I will tell you. About crime is so bad. How bad is it? Thank you. Thank you. That's the joke set up, people. It's right there. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Crime is so bad that criminals are now stealing from other criminals. <laughs> Here's the story. It's from Road and Track. Three armed and masked individuals allegedly, allegedly, thank you, Letter Kenny, rob a check cashing business in Colorado. And while they were inside, a thief stole their getaway vehicle, leaving them stranded. Two of the three armed suspects were apprehended and nobody was injured. This is a true story. It was at the high-low check cashing business in Commerce City, Colorado. So they think this getaway vehicle was also previously uh, uh, stolen. So uh, the, the, the guys go in and they're, they're like, uh, hey, uh, uh, give, give us all your, your check cashing money. And then, like, I don't know, I don't know if the people were like, okay, here's, here's all the check cashing money. And then uh, while they, uh, while they uh, are there, they've got the vehicle outside, somebody stole their vehicle and drove off. Now, this is not a conversation of, oh, look at those stupid criminals. There's sometimes stupid criminals out there, and it's hilarious. Um, my gosh, that's a lot of criminal activity happening in one spot in Colorado. And I think people are like, you know, that's just a lot of criminal activity. There was a report that homicides are down across the country, but auto theft is, is, is up. No one, there, there's no one in America who doesn't think that things are more unsafe now than they were four years ago. And what I'm always amazed by is the people say, well, look, here, here's uh, what, what, what the data shows. Look, the homicides are down. Yes, but the auto thefts are up. And then there's stories like this. Why is it that you don't recognize where people are? I think data matters. I think you should share it. But you should recognize where people are and explain to them either, hey, why you don't have to feel this way? Here's what's happening. Or, and here's what we're doing to make it even better. Why not say here's what we're doing to make it even better? Why is it always, oh, it's just in your head. Oh, it's just right-wing media. Everything's fine. You're just being silly. These people are not being silly. The criminals are getting stolen from. 
I mean, that's that's a story. Kind of proves the point. This is Tony Katz today. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. So certainly I had heard that the Indiana Daily Student, the student newspaper there at Indiana University, was not printing necessarily every response regarding what's going on with Israel and Hamas. Specifically, when you have writers there like Jared Quigg, who clearly state uh, that... um, well, you, 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 you would argue that Hamas has a right to exist and Israel doesn't. This, uh, the same Jared Quigg, who writes, quote, denouncing the horrors of capitalism. And he had written a piece over there defending the idea of, of free uh, Palestine. There will never be peace until Palestine is free. This was written on October 24th. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. The man's entitled to an opinion. And I think that the opinion should be responded to, and certainly at the time I did. But I, I, I noted, and I, or I should say I had heard that there were people who wanted to respond, students who wanted to respond, but were unable to. And I had been told the story. In a, in a public setting, uh, other people told the same story. That since Quig, there at the Daily Student, is one of the editors of the opinion page, it is quite possible he did not allow other opinions to be heard. Now, that, of course, is an insanity. And if that is indeed the case, that would be something for the IU president, Pam Witten, to take note of. And she should be bothered by it. She should speak out about it. Now, the idea that a college president can speak out about everything, everywhere, all the time, I I think that would be a, a bit of a maddening proposition. But it is clear that the issues on college campuses are not just reserved for Harvard and the Claudine Gay issue and Penn and the former president, Liz McGill, and MIT, and the current president, Sally Kornbluth. These issues are everywhere, and they're certainly Indiana present. Whether we're talking about at IU in Bloomington, or whether we're talking about in Purdue, in West Lafayette, or uh, in, in Muncie, Ball State University, uh, Butler in, in Indianapolis. These problems, these issues are everywhere, and, and the issue, one, one could argue, is not that there might be speech you don't like. I can accept that there's speech I don't like. Is that there is no response to it 
to engage a clarity, but rather an acceptance of it as, well, you have to understand their position. For the record, I don't understand the position of support of Hamas, a terrorist organization. I do not understand the position of the support of elimination of a nation, in this case, Israel. I do not understand the idea of supporting genocide as the chant from the river to the sea engages. Now, that I understand what these words are is different than understanding how someone could remain silent around them. And I certainly don't understand how so-called leadership does not lead. Leadership does not mean silencing the opposition. It means putting forward a better idea, a better thought, a better philosophy. Giving those students, those administrators, those professors, etc., that staff, a, a place to look. An understanding of where it is they can be, that better place. And to that end, we don't see that happening enough on campuses in the state of Indiana. Now, possibly you could argue... And, and I would love for you to be right, Tony. Here's what's happening here. Here's what's happening there. There are so many good things happening. You would be thrilled. I would love to be thrilled. I would be overjoyed uh, to be thrilled. But one cannot be thrilled if indeed there are students at Indiana University who wanted to respond and the Indiana Daily Student refused to publish it as is written over at jewishindianapolis.org a part of the jewish federation of greater indianapolis a response was written by a student named tyler burnett and as it says here quote it was submitted to ids the indiana daily student the student newspaper of indiana university quote unfortunately the piece was never published the ids staff tried to heavily edit it to the point where it was no longer written as intended. It is just one example of the way community members are stepping up to communicate inaccurate narratives of the Israel-Hamas war. Now, this goes back uh, to, to October. Uh, and, and it's possible that I have shared some of this. But I wanted to make sure, because I don't remember if, if, if I did, I wanted to make sure um, that that I was I, I, I had given this its due, and shared why this is so problematic that the Indiana Daily Student would do this. And yes, they should be called out for it. As Mr. Burnett writes, a more disturbing problem with Mr. Quigg's rhetoric is that he sees justification for Hamas violence against Jews, stating, "quote." One people cannot subjugate another so ruthlessly and for so long and expect to face no resistance, unquote. From the opposite angle, one group, Hamas, cannot subjugate the Israelis to terror for so many years and not expect resistance from the Israeli side. Violence will plague the region as long as Hamas terror tactics remain unresolved. Mr. Quigg chose to quote, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, meaning free of Jews living from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, this from Mr. Burnett continues, he is aware that calling for a free Palestine from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea is used by many in the Middle East as a call for the destruction of Israel and the eradication of Jews. He is also aware that the founding charter of Hamas calls for the murder of Jews. Mr. Quigg is clearly advocating for genocide. 
Mr. Burnett continues, Mr. Quigg suggests he does not care about Jewish lives. He does not care about the 200 hostages kidnapped by Hamas, including 30 children. The 1,400, that number has now been uh, reduced to 1,200, as if somehow that makes it better. Uh, Israelis killed by Hamas on October 7th, the thousands wounded, and the tens of thousands of Israelis displaced from their towns due to current border fighting. I do hope our fellow students care. Then maybe they'll seek to understand. Why is it that Indiana University wouldn't publish this? For what reason? I read it to be able to ask that question because I believe uh, that people certainly deserve voice. Now, not every voice is going to be amplified by me. But I uh, am not the student newspaper. And it would be interesting to get an answer from them as to why they didn't print it. Well, we can't print every response. Well, that would now lead to what responses do you print? I'm not on campus, I'm not a student, I'm not a professor. I, I can pick and choose the things that, that I do and, dis, and, and, and discuss. And certainly, one could argue even that the writer here, Tyler Burnett, could publish something on his own and, and, and engage in pamphleteering. Uh, oh, oh, he could be Thomas Paine p- passing out common sense. Uh, of course, he, he could. But this, again, goes to this idea of what is actually being shared and what is actually being discussed. And for us, in the state of Indiana, for us as Hoosiers, we need to be asking ourselves, where exactly do we get our clarity? If we were to take a look at leadership as a whole, are we left with this this feeling that we have solid people engaged in solid conversations looking to do right by us and and by our kids and we have a, a a leadership that sees a vision for a future and articulates it or do we have silence constant continual repeated deafening silence i'm saying it's the latter i'm not i'm not happy about this And I am not saying, as I brought up earlier, that I could be shown places where things are happening. But none of it is happening publicly. I have friends who may agree with me uh, uh, politically, but not necessarily tactically. Uh, This is becoming, for me, an issue. The issue is that they tactically, and they are good people, decent people, smart people, valuable people, they believe that things can still happen behind the scenes and that I may not be aware of all the things that happen behind the scenes. And, and, and I accept this as true. It is possible. I am not aware of all the things that happen behind the scenes. When we talk about Indianapolis, I discuss very earnestly and honestly that the civic leaders, the business leaders, they could be having all the conversations behind the scenes that they want But if they don't talk publicly, it doesn't matter because we don't see a result. Somebody may be getting their back scratched. Somebody may may be getting a check, getting an opportunity, et cetera. Where's the better Indianapolis? And I think you could apply that to your town uh, as well. I don't want to hear anymore about what's happening behind the scenes. I need to hear and see what's happening to the people, for the people, in front of the people, in response to what is happening 
with other people. No one can engage leadership without standing in front of the microphone, in front of the podium, in front of the crowd, and speaking clearly and honestly. It can't be done. One cannot lead without utilizing a voice, and that voice must be public. Where is it? In the state of Indiana, where is it? It is not with the governor, Eric Holcomb. It is not uh, with, with, with the speaker uh, or, or, or the leader in, in, in the Senate. It is not, you cannot name the civic leader with whom this exists. You cannot find them. Because we now have to think about it. And the fact that we're thinking about it means no one comes to mind. In Texas, it is clear that Greg Abbott takes a stand regarding immigration. It is clear in Florida, Ron DeSantis has taken numerous stands. It is clear in places like South Dakota, Christy Nome, and you can mention other governors who have taken a stand uh, for, let's say, uh, protecting girls in sports. In the state of Indiana, we cannot point to anyone. Now, if you say to me, well, Tony, we can point to you with all due respect with, and, and, and just so we all understand each other, like I get my gig and, and, and I am certainly not afraid uh, to speak honestly and clearly. And you guys know I can get fired in any second. You're, you're fully aware of that. We all un- understand that. If the radio guy is the biggest voice, that is not good news. The radio guy should be a voice. I mean, dear God, it's in the title of the job. This is, it's, it's Animal House. This is my job, people. This is my job. And I am happy and thrilled and honored to be able to do it. But if I am it, if I am the only voice, this is exactly the problem. And it's why I bring it up to you. If the Indiana Daily student isn't allowing other voices to be heard, of what value is the newspaper? Of what creed do they hold? And if that's the case, how is Pamela Witten not saying, wait a second, why wouldn't we allow more voices? And therefore, ask herself why she isn't the voice. I didn't say to silence anybody. I am talking about clarity and leading IU students forward. Where is the actual leadership if we expect Indiana University to graduate leaders for the state of Indiana? Purdue should be asked the same question and Ball State should be asked the same question and Butler should be asked the same question, although I think we know that Butler ain't so much producing the leaders. Now, are they? Or at least we hope not. Sorry, I got a real issue with Butler. Where are the elected officials in this leadership? In, and leadership is not just about getting your piece of legislation passed. It is about being able to put with voice a, a rationale for a better future and for better tomorrow, for a better tomorrow for Hoosiers. And since October 7th and the Hamas attack on Israel, all of the calls for genocide all across the state, the leadership has been non-existent. Non 
existent. And I don't know why that is. I don't know why for everybody looks to Indiana and sees the opportunity in Indiana and the value in Indiana, and I do. Why do we fail at this task? Why have we uh, failed at this task uh, in, in other ways for years? And why do we continue to allow it? Why is it that elected officials and civic leaders simply refuse to have public voice? They're doing things behind the scenes. The calls for genocide are happening on the streets. The hatred is happening on the streets. The levels of of despair are happening on the streets. They're happening at the kitchen table. They're happening out loud. Maybe it's time for some elected leaders, feel the air quotes, elected leaders, to be loud as well. Some university presidents. My gosh, is it really that tough for you? And if so, maybe it's time for you to stop thinking you lead. I'm Tony Katz. The Colorado decision on Trump being able to run for president is out of control ridiculous. Let it be overturned nine to zero. And I know it's crazy because the people over at MSNBC, Joe Scarborough, who used to actually have a show worth watching, decided that George Conway should be a guest. George Conway is a nobody who is famous for having sex with Kellyanne Conway and hating Trump. That doesn't make one an expert. He's nothing. This guy is an ambulance chaser at the very best. But the idea that the Supreme Court of Colorado is going to decide in a 4-3 decision, we think Trump's guilty even though he hasn't been charged with insurrection, hasn't been found guilty, so we're going to use the 14th Amendment to keep him off the ballot? That's criminally insane. Overturn it 9-0 with the Supreme Court, and then these justices, there should be a way to throw them off the bench. Find everything at TonyKatz.com tomorrow, everyone. Take care.